I got me a fire outfit. Okay. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> went silent. Okay. Hey, look. We'll wait on it. Yeah. yeah like, uh, show me. Right. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. Uh, on a mission, got me up. Knowing uh, me, I got the key. Uh, only vision I can trust. Uh, trust. Uh, limitless. Take a stomach cap pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. Uh, on a mission, got me up. Uh, no Welcome back. Welcome to The Pivot, man. We are super excited. You know, my boys left me for a little bit. I was left to fend for myself. It almost seemed like it was one of those old shows week, you know what I mean? Where if you wasn't on the old show, you had to stay at your house. But if you were on the old show, you had some type of residual money, which I know they don't get from the show. Some residual money that they could go You're travel about like with. The old, old show? The old, old show. Boy, you really hitting below the belt, bro. <laughs> Fred, we, tell we, still, we still vetting them, Fred. I went to, I went to work. I went to work. I'm salty. I went to London on Jacksonville's dime, and I, I was grinding, man. So I wasn't just running. Him, on the other hand, he went to Barcelona. He got his new seasonings and all of that coming. I think he went to, <laughs> to, to connect with the seasonings doctor. Hey, man, you know, some, what is it? Self-love. Sometimes you need to appreciate life. Me and, me and the wife went over. Y'all do it out there. Y'all need to do this by ourselves. And we got after it. Went around Barcelona. Why do you always got to get after it or mention that you got after it? Because that's the fun of life. That's the fruits of life. Why do I have these pieces if I can't use no, them? That's where you, that's where you bear fruit. <laughs> it is not the fruit of life. But I tell you what, before we start, I want to get a shout out to SeatGeek uh, for sponsoring this episode. We're super excited to bring you another Pivot Football Sunday. And listen, SeatGeek's the number one rated ticketing app in the entire world. And it can get you into football, basketball, concerts, whatever you want to do. SeatGeek is the place for you to get your ticket. Use the promo code PIVOT and you get $20 off of your first purchase. All right, see, don't forget about the three dots. The three red dots, three green dots. Stay away from the red dots. Go to the three green dots. That's where you get your value. You find the best tickets. Easy, it's simple. And that's what I love about it. Like you brought it up, RC, everything. You think about sports, I know we're talking football, football, basketball, baseball. They have some great fights coming up yeah. right now. Go on the SeatGeek app, use that promo code PIVOT, get your discounts, but I love it. As we move around, I always know I have a place I can go. If I want to see any event, I go to SeatGeek. That's why I get all my tickets. See, it's so crazy. See, right, they got to use SeatGeek because they take trips. I just stay at work. <laughs> And when you do the work that I do and you're constantly grinding, I've just been waiting to shoot another show for The Pivot. So we're excited to have you. You know what a mare is? A mare? Yeah. That's the female horse. No, that's the male horse when they cut their nuts off oh. and all they do is work. <laughs> so, okay. I still got mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, well, here's what happened. You took your work with you and just did it at midnight. Bro, like, y'all talked about, like, traveling and moving around. We had the most active trade deadline day that we've had in a very long time, maybe history, with 10 moves on Tuesday. When you think about Bradley Chubb making the move... He ain't using SeatGeek. Why? He, 120 mil? He can still use SeatGeek. He, he, he might, he might, discount, he might, he might. I Miami, would. Miami went in. I was happy. Being a Miami dude, I was happy that they, they went in. They trusted in Tua. They already, uh, Brian Flores didn't really fool with Tua like that. So now this new regime, this new coach, this GM, and for you to be five and three and then go out 
and add a Bradley Beal and then give him that five Bradley for Chubb. I mean, he, he's a he's a Gator. He's a gator. <laughs> Come on, bro. But to add to add Bradley Chubb, give him the five and one nineteen extension to go on the other side of Jalen Phillips, both in their 20s, that's showing that you're moving forward. The window's closed in this league. We all know the window's closed, and Miami's trying to maximize their window right now, adding adding the uh, uh, running back, Jeff Wilson, as well. Right. No added. San Francisco guy who understands the scheme from a run game standpoint. And McDaniel brought him in and knows him and knows what he can do. I love that. So when you trust your team, add pieces. Take advantage of the window you're in. They already have an amazing secondary. So to get a little bit more pressure from the guys up front, Miami can be dangerous. My question to you, Freddie T, was going to be when you see a move like that made with Bradley Chubb, what does that say about the GM Greer's confidence in what Tua Tungvaluwa and this team can be right now? Because it's one of those moves where you're trying to do it while your quarterback's on a rookie deal to maximize the rest of the roster. Right. I mean, for, for me, Ryan, uh, what I've seen... Uh, they, they're, they're aggressive. You know, they've been aggressive. They've, they had other picks that they got from draft compensation over the years. They've used those picks. They went out and got Tyreek. They drafted well, you know, and, and offensively, they're set. They got the, the, the most dynamic, explosive offense in the league. So now they're saying, let us focus on our defense. Their defense has already been good. We want to be better. How do we get after Buffalo? In order to beat Buffalo and win that division or come close to winning that division, you got to get after Josh Allen. Yeah. So this is their opportunity to say, we got to put the money to go after the team that's the best team in this division. How do we get after him? Bradley Chubb, he's a piece of that. And, and Mahomes, you look at the whole AFC. You need to get to the quarterback nowadays. Right. And like you're saying, you can't blitz them all. The Dolphins do blitz a lot. They want them deep, them deep, that cover zero defense. But you can't do that all game, especially when you're going against the elite guys like that. So to Josh Allen trying to win the AFC East, which I would say the Dolphins are going to get a wild card spot. Yeah. Because the Bills are going to win. The Bills can play. But if you just go into the top AFC teams, they all got quarterbacks, and you can make any quarterback uncomfortable when you have edge rushers that can get there without blitzing. And I think that's the huge thing for me. When this deal happened, I said this shows the ultimate belief in Tua Tagovailoa, right? Because you think about before this season, we were trying to see could he be that guy, right? He's got the highest QBR yeah. in the entire NFL. This is a dude you go down to Detroit last week, you're down 21-7. It's a comeback all led by Tua's arm and what he does with the skilled players outside. The same thing happens in Baltimore in the fourth quarter. So I think he's continued to earn the respect and also the confidence of the entire team. And so now it's like, let's go win it. And it's not like, let's win it next year or let's win it three years from now. They're trying to win it right now. And I think it shows how far he's come in what his perception is and then also the reality of who he is on that team, in that locker room. Another team that makes a big move, and I, I hate that my team didn't make a move. All we did was give away Chase Claypool because I think we're giving up in Pittsburgh. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, Freddie T, I believe mm -hmm. had the most intriguing right. and also could be the biggest move of the entire day in acquiring Calvin Ridley. One, they stole him off the clearance rack. Pre-order. Pre-order, yeah, right? They stole him off the clearance rack. But the other piece of this that makes this interesting is, as many people know, Calvin Ridley was suspended for gambling on football, football bets on his own team. And it was one of those things, it was a very little 
amount of money, but it was about the shield and protect 15, the shield. 1500 integrity, yeah. integrity of the game. But you think about going out, getting Christian Kirk, Travis ATN becoming a, a feature That's back, right. uh, having Evan Ingram and using him in the ways you're supposed to. You have a Super Bowl head coach. Um, there was a head coach during Calvin Ridley's third year that said they thought he could be the best wide receiver in the entire league. When you add him to the Jacksonville Jaguars, what's your first thought? I believe it was uh, Atlanta versus Jacksonville is the game that kind of jammed them up. Or at least that's what I was hearing, you know, in terms of gambling. But uh, I like the move. You know, he's a guy, uh, uh, regardless of the age, he's a young player. Uh, but to have a year off, you know, train, get his mind right, you know, and really put his priorities together, I thought it was a great move. You know, they won't get immediate impact, but they've been building. You know, they want to continue to build around Trevor Lawrence, and I think it'll marry up perfectly when Tre Trevor hits year three, which is that window that most quarterbacks, if you're going to ascend in this league, it's year three. We're talking about Josh Allen. Yep. You know, his weapons, year three he took off after getting digs. Talk about Tua. You know, the, uh, all these other guys, they, they put, you mentioned a, another quarterback. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Tua Tagovailoa, Josh put, Allen. Yep. Right, so putting players around these guys in that, that third year when you expect them to turn the corner, I think this is a good move for them because he's a proven receiver. He's, he's always been one of the most dynamic, explosive, deep threats, short catching great route receivers, runners. great route runners. Now, he will instantly become that leader. Marry that with... Christian Kirk, mm -hmm. you know, Zay Jones. Yeah. You'll still have a veteran guy who catches everything and Marvin Jones. So they'll have a complete receiver's room around Trevor Lawrence, and then there will not be any excuses for Trevor. You, you know, you talk about not being any excuses. We all know, Chan, that Trevor Lawrence was seen as the golden child from the time he walked on to Clemson's campus. I met him in high school, and everybody was already saying he was going to be the next one, the highest the highest-rated guy coming into the draft since Andrew Luck. There were all of these things heaped on Trevor Lawrence and who he was going to be. And the year started, and it was like, oh, we're about to see it. Right. And now we've seen that take a step back. You, you've seen the, the bad turnovers. You've seen the bad decision-making. He's still in his rookie year almost. Yeah. I want to toss out his rookie year. I okay. mean, can we get a do-over? Because of Urban Meyer? Yeah. The Pouncey twins said Urban Meyer was amazing. But that's their, their that's their opinion. They 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 snap balls, you know. They, <laughs> this is a guy who has to manage the entire game, and we know about that position. When you talk about distractions, everybody else can manage distractions for the quarterback position. You get distractions from inside as well as the outside. Then you couple that with the media. And you're a young guy. How do you manage that? It's almost impossible. But you look at the greatest quarters. Peyton Manning was not good his, his rookie year. That's Peyton true. wasn't good. Brady wasn't even playing. Remember, Drew had to get knocked out by Mo Lewis for Brady to get in. Drew Brees in San Diego. He wasn't balling like that. They got rid of him for, for um, Philip Rivers. Rivers. You know what I'm saying? So that's the thing that I, I can throw it out. If I, I give Freddie that. I know you're a Jaguar. I give Freddie that. Throw it out. Urban wasn't made for the league. But adding pieces around you. Y'all bring up Josh and Stephon Diggs. Tua. Getting Tyreek Hill, bro, Tyreek Hill has more receiving yards than six NFL teams' entire receiving core. How does that help a quarterback? Right. Tyreek's that way. I'm going to throw it up over there. That's what these teams are doing, and that's what I love. NFL history, the most moves made in the trade deadline. I love teams now approaching it in that manner. We have talent. We have guys on rookie deals. Let's put pieces around them that can make them better. Not do Green Bay. 
Well, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers right now? This man has no weapons. He is a Hall of Famer with no weapons and can't win games. Tampa, he's struggling. Now, Tom got his own off-the-field stuff, but you can have a great, you have a great quarterback without peace around him, and they're not great anymore. And I think NFL teams are starting to figure it out, especially with the young guys. Well, I do want to get back to Tua, but just the uh, uh, honorable mention notice, Christian McCaffrey. I love what San Fran did in bringing in Christian. Yeah, that was before the trade deadline. Before yeah, the people, trade people deadline. People forgetting that, But yeah. just having him in more, more firepower on offense. I think a week ago he had his best game uh, as, a, as a Niner. He had uh, a, he threw, threw for a touchdown, rushed for a touchdown, had a touchdown receiving. First player to do that since LaDainian Thomas right, in the right. 2005. Just an amazing talent. We all know he was capable. Uh, but going back to Tua, right? Two-game grade since his concussion, post-concussion. What do you think his two-game two grade versus Dak Prescott who returned and his two-game grade? Could you speak to both of those guys and how they've been since they returned? Uh, well, I think the difference is, you know, one of those dudes has Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. uh, also, the other piece of it is, like, one of those dudes played the Detroit Lions who have maybe, like, the his historically the worst defense you know, we've seen in a very long time. I think the first part of assessing this is what the injuries were, right? That there were more concerns about Tua Tungvaloa and his health than it was Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott is, can you squeeze a ball? Tua Tungvaloa is, can you stand up and walk back to the line of scrimmage? Right. Yeah. And so I think you have to look at that and grade that on a curve. You go back to Pittsburgh, Tua was okay. Started out hot. You know, this is, the, this is the team playing the Pittsburgh still. They don't score over 20 points. And then, obviously, he plays extremely well against Detroit, where Dak had the slow start week one against Detroit, the same team. Mm -hmm. And so now you compare those, and you're like, well, hell, look what Tua Tungvaloa is. Well, look who Tua Tungvaloa is throwing to. Right. Different teams. Uh, and then Dak played better against the Chicago Bears. I think the thing about those two individuals, though, is Tua Tungvaloa is not going to be graded on – how much, at least in my opinion, how much the Miami Dolphins win. He's going to be graded on how well he plays. Mm -hmm. Dak Prescott is going to be solely graded on how far this Dallas Cowboys team goes in the playoffs, how much noise they make. And so I, even in looking at the two-game grade, I think it's unfair to Dak because that's not what we're going to talk about at the end of the season. If this team goes home again in the wild card round, it's going to be another one of those built up to let downs. And you mentioned people getting wide receivers. They were after Brandon Cooks. They right. wanted Brandon Cooks, but it was the 18 million he was guaranteed next year that they didn't want to take on the books because you just got rid of Amari, who's going to make 20. And so I think that's one team who did things for their quarterback and another that didn't. And Dak Prescott's going to be judged accordingly. So, and no, between them two now, I just want to make it, make it clear to y'all. If Tua didn't miss three games, he would be in the MVP race right now. Yes. Y'all yeah. don't, don't diminish what yeah, Tua's no, no, doing no, now. We, we aren't. And, no one and the numbers he's putting up, the, the 400, three touchdowns a game, knowing that, that Dallas, if you look at the Detroit Lions, was stupid. But let's go back before that, when they were beating the Buffalo Bills, the AFC favored to win the Super Bowl. Now Tua led them to a victory over them as well. So speaking of him and Dak, if you want to compare them, Freddie, Tua's a better quarterback right now. I'm not being a homer now. Look at it. Tua's a better quarterback wait, than so, Dak right now. So, wait, talking about, I need you to say that in a sentence. Not better than him. Tua's better Tua than who? Tua Tongovailoa is a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. The, are you saying right now? As we sit here. No, I want to. In the world, Fred, he's a that, better That's what I want you to caller. say. It. 
I want what you to is. say it. That's it. That's what he That's is. It. Right? I, I is it because he has like, more weapons? But, but even even the RC gonna talk about well, he's graded on his numbers and not the win. No, he's a better quarterback, fellas. Why, why are y'all arguing about this? I didn't argue, and also I don't talk like that. Let's let's go back. Go back, because we've talked about... Well, you got to go to the numbers first to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, Chatty, seriously. Tua has definitely stepped his game up, right? But he also has gotten tremendous weapons. Tyreek, what he's doing is lights out. You know, he instantly changed the, the outlook of, of, of the Dolphins' offense. And on the other side... Dak has only lost weapons. He's, uh, CD, he's not playing up to par, in my opinion. You know, and, and losing uh, Amari a year ago, who was their number one guy, I think that has allowed Dallas offense to take a step back. And even Zeke. Zeke was Dak's running mate. You know, remember Zeke, 15, 1,600. Dak threw him for a couple 4,000 yards. And Dallas offense was just hitting on all, firing on all cylinders. But now they have two really good running backs in Dallas. But Zeke isn't the person that he once was. I mean, he's not even leading their team in, in rushing right now. Tony Pollard is. Mm, Tony is. Pollard better than Zeke? I mean, we just yeah, had I'm, I'm, that I'm two and talking about that. Lowe's better than Dak. I'm, I'm not going to say that because I've experienced this. There were, I've, I've been in that same position with MJD. You know, what they're doing is, I think Dallas is also protecting themselves. When they drafted Tony in 2019, they said, all right, we're going to hedge this, this pick, fourth-round pick, a guy out of Memphis who we know is capable. Zeke, he's getting a ton of carries. And what do you do to combat against a guy who's carrying the ball, touching the ball all the time? You got to bring somebody else in to help and take some pressure off him. So bringing in Tony, what Dallas decided to say was, okay, we have a guy who, if Zeke gets expensive, this guy is right on his heels. We can deal Zeke. And now, Tony, we won't have much fall off. And that's what you're seeing. Tony has 500 yards rushing. Zeke is around 440. Next year, I'm sure Zeke wants, wants new money, right? Tony, Tony's a young guy. He's going to be able to go in there and say, give me, I can get, I'm going to get top running back money, but I'll be able to get money that's good enough to keep being productive in this league and keep pushing this offense. They know I'm capable, and they can deal Zeke. So, how so was I'm it? not being messy. I'm just being real. Well, that's the messy. business how, side. How was, it, how was it in the running back's room with you and MJD? Because the, the, I, don't, I don't think there's there, a difference. There, there was never they a question if MJD was better than you, though. So Zeke is 27. If we go back to Zeke was 24 when they brought Tony in, I was 30 when they brought MJD in, in my ninth year. I think Zeke was only in like year four or year three at the time or whatever. So that, that's a big difference. So coming in with my injury history, you know, my age being 30, when they say running backs fall off, that's the major difference. So I embraced MJD. I knew I couldn't go and play every snap. But you expect a 27-year-old Zeke Elliott to be able to be the guy he was when he was 21. There shouldn't be no fall off. That's the biggest difference. But it was still all love in the room. I see Zeke embracing these guys. Zeke, he's, he's banged up. He's been out with the headset, running around, you know, being a, 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 being a, a leader. A, a leader. Right? Great work. Being a leader. So that's what you're supposed to do when you're not able to do what you've always done. It's a couple positions in football. Like, you play with Troy. You love playing with another top safety. Like, damn, this is the Hall of Fame safety. Right. Me playing with Junior and, and, and Jason and Zach and them boys, like, I love to be around them. At the running back position, you don't really want another dog next to you, do you, Fred? That, that's not true. What? That's not true. Well, for me... They're going to take care of They're going to take production? And, and that's true. But in hindsight, 
I tell myself, damn, I, I got 66 rushing touchdowns in my career. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. That could have been 96. Mm. You know what I'm saying? In hindsight. But while we were playing, I just wanted to win. We were, we were bad enough where I said, if you can get it done, I'm going to teach you. So, Because I can't play every snap. I can play a lot of them. But when I'm out, I don't want the offense to have any fall off. So if you can talk to any one of my teammates that I've ever played with, all of the running backs that they drafted throughout my 11 years in Jacksonville, I embraced those young guys, brought them in. I taught them everything I knew, taught them my, my cheats, all the little nuggets. I embraced that. Some guys are threatened by it. I want to compete because uh, I'm going to teach you, then I'm going to bust your ass, and I'm going to keep my starting job. That's what makes everybody better. You teaching them to take your job is a lot, uh, I guess, insecure that's players. That's when you're insecure, and that's when you don't trust in your ability. But also, too, though, the other piece of that is, I think the point that you hit on, Freddie, that's important, is different times in your career. For sure. Right, like, there, there's an understanding that you get, you 30, man, like, you the OG at that point, especially in our game. Right. Right, you get to that point, and you understand that I am at a certain point where this helps me. I am at a certain point where it's time to pay it forward. I have made a certain amount of money, which Zeke's made a ton of money, but we all, we all also understand like the ego involved in this. Right. Like this man was at a point in his life very early, the best running back in the entire world, right? And you're not the best running back or, or people are questioning if you're the best running back on your team. And the game you put the headset on your replacement, I guess we can call him, or your backup goes for 130 on 14 carries, yeah. 160 overall in the game, total yardage. And, like, those things, like, I've been there, bro, where, and like, I've been on some teams, like, we were just so close. You always happy when your homeboy makes a play. But I remember, like, getting a play where somebody else get a pick and be like, man, I want one too. I got to go get one. But it's different because we all out there when it's happening. When the other running back is shining, you ain't out there. You're not out there, but you're not, you know, you, you, you celebrate those moments. And just to be clear, because I don't want it to seem like the old show, talking about Messi, I said on this show that Zeke looked amazing in the offseason and that he was going to have, wait, 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 that he was going to have a great season. And I also will say that they depend, they, they are relying on Zeke because Zeke has gotten the bulk of the carries. Why are Zeke, you so peaceful all the time? No, no, because I'm not messy. But he always feel like he I'm not it. messy. Cool. I like to clarify. Like, no, no, like, you know. worried about Zeke? Go find him in the no, street. No, no, no. Zeke might, I like Zeke. Zeke about to see you, friend? <laughs> nah, bro. So in clarification, I just want to say that Zeke is still capable Very of getting player. the job done. That's Very it. good player. Just, it just, there's a lot of capable people with around people who are more capable than they are. I think Here speaking we go of, again. Speaking of, you got this subtle way of sliding in the shit. That is my. That's just my. <laughs> but that's, that's the league. That's, that's the league. professional sports, bro. Yeah. That, that's true. It's always a dog, a little dog, a little puppy right there behind the big dog, and you don't know what that puppy's gonna become. Yeah, and when he grow up, sometimes you got to pay the piper. You know what I mean? So we all got of, cut, man. I'll be honest. Do we, we all get cut? Career's over. Yeah. I, I ain't get cut. 
Well, I did get cut. I didn't finish. I got cut early. You know, Fred, Fred's better than us. When you, <laughs> I so did get cut. thinking I about big dogs, we're thinking about big dogs. Fred brought this up earlier, so I'm going to do a Freddie T and pivot back to that. Um, he spoke about Aaron Rodgers, and I think you talked about it too, Aaron Rodgers being a Hall of Fame quarterback but not having no weapons. And then when you watch him, he looks nothing like the Aaron Rodgers we know. That, that we've seen. Tom Brady as well. These are two teams and two quarterbacks who are synonymous with winning and synonymous with greatness. And we're not seeing that from them individually or their teams. But then you look at the quarterback ratings, you look at the best teams in the league, the Josh Allens, the, the Patrick Mahomeses, the Tua Tungvaloa on that side, the Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, right? Those aren't the names that you go, I, like Josh and Patrick for sure, but those other names aren't like, man, these two dudes are gonna be all-time greats. And so now we're sitting in, is this the end of an era, basically the end of our era of football? I, I think it comes with the, the, one, the rule changes if you go back, right? This is a game played in space now. Remember earlier in, in our careers, you had big massive, Michael Strahan's at the end. These guys were six, seven, you know, 300 pounds. You know, power rushing, playing the run as well. Not so much these days. Everybody's a tweeners. It's in space. The difference is those guys you name, the Mahomes, the Hurts, these guys, the Tours, they can move around. You know what I'm saying? Tom and Aaron, the different, they're pressured. These guys are feeling so much pressure. Uh, the Buffalo game. I think they, they probably hit Aaron at least 10, 12 times, sacked him another four times or so. And the same with uh, Tom down in Tampa. They're just getting after him. These guys aren't mobile enough to get around, and they can't necessarily get the ball off. So they're not allowing them to be comfortable, which is what they're used to. And they're not making the plays that they've always made. Fred, I think the statue can still work in the NFL. You're talking about them pocket court, the John Elways that's going to stand there. I think it can still work in the NFL. We can't forget what Tom did last year. Not if you're not led getting the, pre Tom uh, led protection. The, Tom, Tom led the league in passing yardage. Tom led the league in touchdowns last year. This is just a year removed from him finishing in tops of the MVP voting behind Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So that, that statue can work. So if I'm not with all that protection. Josh you Allen. You have Josh. to have protection. Yeah, These that's what guys, what, that's, what I'm, that's all I'm saying. They, they're capable because they, 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 they are smart. And their experience is going to get them to where they need to be. But if you don't have the time, if they're, if they're pushing back the interior portion of your offensive line, which is where you're comfortable at stepping up, letting everything wash around you, and then you find your guy, you slide in your pocket and make the throw, that's what they're used to. They're not getting that comfort now because their O-line isn't protecting for them. That's all I'm saying. That was the, and I don't know how RC and them prepare for Tom, but that was our thing playing Tom. Push the pocket. Push the, the pocket gut. in the middle. Mm -hmm. You can have all the DNs flying around the edge. He's going to step up. Because he your, step up and move. And slide. You push that pocket in the middle, and now he's uncomfortable. Now he can't step into his throws. Now the windows are closing in the middle, and that was the thing. But to answer your question, RC, I think they call it the passing of the torch. We're watching it. Because Manning, when Manning retired, because when, when I first got in the league, it was, it was Tom and it was Pey uh, uh, Peyton. Now, Peyton retired. Tom is doing crazy stuff with the TB12 now. I whatever he did in his little body is amazing. But it's the passing of the torch, bro. He said little body? It's li he's a little body. <laughs> see, that boy, that, well, that joker looking thin. Looking thin in the face. But it, it is, bro. We're, our, we're old, fellas. 
We, we 40. You old, bro. We're 40, I'm, I'm seasoned. I'm 43. You're 43. I'll 40. be 40 this year. Pray you 116. I'm, I'm 46. <laughs> I'm, I'm it, 40. It, bro, it, to answer your question, yes. So my, so Th those, those stars, those faces, and those names that we respected and loved, it's, it, it's moving, RC. Snyder and the commanders passing the torch. Sell. You think he's going to close that deal? I think he at has to. At some point? I think, I think he has to in the sense of you look at the, the black eye this organization continues to give the NFL. The NFL is consistently talking about the shield. Uh, you go back to the, the Clippers in the NBA. Um, you go back to uh, what's happening with the Phoenix basketball organizations, both WNBA, NBA, when owners conduct themselves in a way that demeans or in, in some way takes away from what these leagues are supposed to be and the humans that are supposed to, that are supposed to be blessed enough to be in it, the Washington commanders and that organization has constantly fell below the line. Like, I can be honest, like he was a man you didn't look in the eye in the hallways, not necessarily me, but the, the people that worked in the buildings. He was a man you, didn't, you couldn't call by his, by his first name, no matter how adult you were. Um, obviously, when you think back to the emails that were shared from John Gruden, the, 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 the scandals with cheerleaders and all of these different things, it's one thing after another, which they tried to correct. There's new by. financial probe yeah. that they have. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's, uh, it's opened up a criminal case now. Right. And so when you look at all of those different things, like what else what else can you take? What else can you allow? Can you allow an owner to threaten the NFL and say he basically he basically said what Denzel said? when they surrounded him. I'm putting cases on all you, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and those type of threats. And so I think that this has to be done. He's you know, hired Bank of America now to start searching for a, a, a buying partner. And this is a great move, I think for him, one. Like, leave your money. let it go, get your money. Yeah. And also for the NFL and for anybody associated with Washington. And that, that, that good old boy system, it's changing now. The Billionaires Club is changing now. We see it. We see the stuff being released now. We know with social media, we know with all, you know, the media coverage, everything that goes on. That whole good old boy, it's just the boys being boys thing has to change. And I'm not talking about NFL, in the world. Like, that has to change now, and they're seeing it. These old guys saying you bring up uh, the Clippers with Donald Sterling. That's not accept that was acceptable in the 60s. That's not acceptable now. Mm -hmm. And what, what Dan Snyder was doing and the things and the reports come out, you can't do that. You shouldn't have been able to do it, but now it's coming to light, and he can't do that. And I love that these dudes, these old misogynistic guys and these dudes that are running teams and owning organizations, they should not be able to have that much power if that's how their mind works. And I love when they get called out. I think the, the last thing I want to talk about is something that I experienced and we've experienced here on this show as well when we get kind of the, like our first football show was free agency. And we had everything that happened with Russell Wilson. And a huge part of what people had an issue with wasn't necessarily a critique of a human personally, which became an issue. It was the way it was presented by mentioning, you know, family. Last Friday, I said that I don't think Tom Brady is still the greatest quarterback in sports. Not, not, the, not, I think he's the greatest of all time. I think he's had the greatest career of all time. I don't believe he's the best or greatest force multiplier in sports. I think Josh Allen is better. I think Patrick Mahomes is better. I think they're better teammates. I think they're more dedicated to their teams and, and all of those things. And a lot of what I got was, 
you're kicking a man when he's down while he's going through something. And my thing is this. One, what he's dealing with in his marriage is tragic, uh, but it's also not something I'm supposed to speak on. It's, it's not my business. And so in it not being my business, it also doesn't weigh into my football analysis. I feel like I've had friends get divorced. I've had friends lose parents on game day. Everybody steps onto the field with something. When things like that start to happen off of the field, and they're obviously more public because of who he is, is this something that you think, or how should we take that into consideration when now analyzing, critiquing, and thinking about who Tom Brady is as a quarterback in 2022? Should be nothing. It's, it's your job. Go do your job. It's just, you're an NFL quarterback, you're a doctor, you're an attorney, or whatever. You have to compartmentalize life, like you just said. And we all know, so we have stories of crazy stuff. Guys getting their kids taken at night and have to come to practice the next day. And their wife leaving in the middle of the night. Like, I, you bringing up no names. But as a professional, you have to put that to the side. Was Tom Brady's production affected by what he went through? Was that 10-day hiatus in camp something to do with his, 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 you know, divorce coming up? Probably. Do your job. That's the thing I say all the time to people. And I preach that to kids. Oh, this is going on, that's going on. Okay, go get your schoolwork done. Go do what you're supposed to do. Do the right thing. Compartmentalize that. And that's the hardest part of being a pro, I would say. I think there's talented people out there that are more talented, but guys that mentally can't do that and put it to the side. And that's what Tom has to do. But a lot of other guys do it. Tom Brady's just Tom Brady, so the, 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 the spotlight's on him. A lot of guys are going through stuff and still perform. See, because you said Tom Brady is Tom Brady, and I think that's where a lot of the... The converse is easy conversation for people like us and people in the media, right? And that's the thing about greatness and expectations. Because if he wasn't Tom Brady, he's a guy who's still in the top five in passing in the NFL now. What if that was somebody else? They would say, oh, that, that, this kid, um, I don't know, bottom tier player, if he were top five right now in passing. They would say, oh, man, in spite of you know, uh, everything he's going through, all the distractions in his personal life, et cetera, he's still, still a top five guy. But when you're as great or have been as great as Tom was, the expectations are always going to be here. And you have any form of small fall off, you're easily targeted, easily attacked. And, and, and I don't like to um, keep saying that I was a teammate for a few years uh, Tom is amazing as a person, right? Tom is a great player. And um, I think he can handle that. I don't think a, a whole lot of fall off is simply because of those distractions. I think it just mer merges with everything that's going on. He's still top five quarterback in terms of statistics. Their team is struggling as a whole. So he's going to get the brunt of everything because of how bad Tampa is doing or how good Tampa's doing, it's gonna all go through Tom. Yeah, I think, I think the, the major thing is he's always been applauded for his dedication to the game, his ability to maximize the talent around him, galvanize the troops, and win games. And he's not doing that now. But I guess my, my thought was this, I'm not going to speak on your personal life. I'm also not going to allow that to affect what I see when I use the clicker and check the film. And I think that's the way we should all do it. I mean, fellas, I enjoyed it. I'm glad that we're back at it. Uh, this is fun. Again, go to SeatGeek, 
the world's number one ranked ticketing app of all. Remember, find the green dots, use the promo code PIVOT, and you get $20 off of your first purchase. Y'all check us out. We back on Tuesday. We got something clean for y'all, too. Maybe SeatGeek could get you a ticket to, I don't know, Madison Square Garden. I'm going on vacation again. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I fought the head to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. Uh, on the mission, got me up. Uh, knowing me, I got the key. Uh, on the vision, I can trust. Uh, trust. Uh, limitless. Take a stomach cap, pin in it. I fought the head to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up.